0: The scripture lesson today comes from Acts 8, chapter the 26, through the 40th verses. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of the, her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you're reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a shepherd, he was led to slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this to generations? For his life has taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask, does the prophets say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, starting with the scripture. He proclaimed him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus, and he was passing through the region. He proclaimed the good news to all the world until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Maybe
1: may be seated. I just want to say how good it is to be back in this worship service with you all again. I've been here on and off for the last few weeks or so, But other than Monday, Thursday, this is the first time I have preached with people in the room in well over a year. I'm so thankful. (laughs) I'm very thankful to have the opportunity to be one of your pastors. And I'm also thankful for the different settings that we have to worship here at Alabaster First. I'm also thankful that last week we had the opportunity to bring Pastor Tony Jones here to talk to you about his mission field at Camp Sumatonga. Last I checked, the special offerings that you gave totaled around $700, and I know that Tony would want me to thank you for that, as well as your hospitality last week, and for your continued prayers for him and the camp. Now, next week, if you attend this worship service, you will get to hear our very own Katie Allred, who is our youth director and a candidate for ministry, and she is going to preach next week. I'm excited to hear. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what God has put on her heart to share with us, and I hope that you will be here to listen or you will join us online. You know, next week is Mother's Day. And so Pastor Dale, if you attend our 9 or our 11 o'clock services, he is going to appropriately enough preach about the story of Lydia, one of the female witnesses that we hear about in the book of Acts. Now I share all of that with you this morning because I think it is awesome how many different witnesses, how many different voices to God's grace and love we as a church have the chance to hear in just the course of one month. You have three very different preachers, I think you would all agree, and we have been able to bring in someone who is doing ministry in a different way outside of the church as well as yet another candidate for ministry bringing them to the podium to speak. God is good. This idea of diversity in who is doing the witnessing connects nicely, I think, to our scripture this morning and to the man of the hour, so to speak, Philip the Evangelist. What we know of Philip shows us that his ministry was to those on the outside, to the diverse other who did not perhaps fit the mold Of who the early church thought their audience was supposed to be. Today's story is one of four in the book of Acts that we hear about Philip and so we're going to start here and then we'll talk about the other three as well. So in today's scripture we see Philip called by an angel to get himself to a particular wilderness road for what can only be called a divine appointment. Now I love the mental picture of Philip running alongside (laughs) that court official's chariot in obedience to God's call. This man with whom God has called Philip to interact is an Ethiopian eunuch. Two words that describe a lot. As an Ethiopian, we know he is a foreigner, possibly one with a darker skin tone. And as a eunuch, we know that he has been, let's just say, modified so that he will be deemed fit to serve in the palace court in places that other non-modified men would not be, like maybe within a harem. This particular man, though, he is more than that. He is a high court official, the scripture tells us, and he is devout. He is returning from Jerusalem where he went to worship. The thing is, Because he was a eunuch, he would have been forbidden from worshiping alongside others. He was excluded from the assembly. So Philip, running alongside that chariot, he hears this man reading from the scripture of Isaiah. Now, this scripture is one that carries a lot of hope for people like this man in that chariot that day. Because it promises restoration for the foreigner and the eunuch when the Messiah comes. So it makes sense that these might be the words that he meditates on after leaving a place that he was not fully welcomed. Philip is able to explain to him that that text he is reading about the suffering servant, the sheep led to slaughter, is talking about Jesus, the Messiah has come. Restoration is at hand. A baptism is performed. And then Philip disappears in a Holy Spirit puff of smoke. So this story in today's scripture is actually the third of four stories about Philip in Acts. So let's, let's go back to where we first hear his name. Philip was one Of the seven men chosen, as described in Acts 6, to help supervise the distribution of food to the widows. These were people that the church had a duty to care for and support. Now, it's A little unclear exactly what is happening at the time, but what is clear is that the church is in some way falling down on its responsibilities to these at-risk women, especially to those women who spoke Greek. So as I mentioned, Philip and six others were appointed to take care of those duties and to make sure that what needed to be done was done. Now, one of the other men that was appointed alongside Philip was Stephen. Now some of you may know Stephen's story. It's a tragic one but it's also beautiful in its way. Stephen was out doing his work and he was performing signs and wonders and of course that got the attention of the religious leaders and after a powerful speech before the council part of which included calling his listeners stiff-necked opposers of the Holy Spirit Stephen was dragged outside of the city and stoned. Now, I say this story is tragic, but also beautiful for two reasons. First, Stephen's attitude as his death approached was a portrait of obedience and faith. I encourage you to read it yourself in Acts 7. Second, after this and the increased persecution that the early church faced in Jerusalem afterwards, many believers were scattered throughout the world, and they took the gospel with them. It was only then, you see, that Jesus' command to take the word to Judea and all Samaria actually began to be observed. God uses it all. Samaria, in fact, is exactly where Philip landed next. Samaria, the land of those dreaded Samaritans that the Jews were always trying to avoid. Samaria, home of that fictional good Samaritan. You know, that pointed morality lesson to the Jews to show them what neighbor really meant. The Samaritans, in fact, were descendants of Abraham and Jacob, but were not considered to be true Jews because they had intermarried with foreigners, thus they were foreigners, and they worshipped God in different ways and considered different places holy. I really am not sure what a good modern day parallel would be for us to understand just how closely related the Samaritans and the Jews were in their beliefs. Maybe Catholics and Protestants, something like that. But let's just say that the Jews thought the Samaritans were outside the faith and they considered them to be lost sheep. To the lost sheep then, Philip went and the gospel with him. And he found that many people believed his words upon seeing his signs and wonders that he performed, and sheep were brought brought right back into that fold, and baptisms were performed. And when Peter and John visited there, the Holy Spirit fell upon these Samaritan believers. So you see, when Philip found himself running alongside that chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch, it was not the first time. He was running to reach an outsider, the other. So Philip appears one more time near the close of Acts. Paul is journeying to Jerusalem, and we are told that he stops in Caesarea, and he stays at the home of Philip. Paul. Paul who held the cloaks of those who stoned Philip's brother in ministry, Stephen, was welcomed into Philip's home. And Philip's home included not one, not two, not three, but four daughters, each one who had the gift of prophecy. I imagine... That anyone who grew up in the home of a man like Philip who took the word to anyone of any nationality would grow up knowing that God's gifts and graces were for all, even if you were female. How beautiful is it that God placed these gifted women in this father's home? Philip witnessed to the other, the poor and the forgotten on the streets of Jerusalem. Philip witnessed to the other those outside of the faith in the city of Samaria. Philip witnessed to the other the faithful but excluded on the road to Gaza. Philip witnessed to the other welcoming one who once threatened him into his home and encouraging four daughters and expressing their God-given gifts. I expect that all of us have experienced being the other at one point in our lives or another. In fact, I am thankful for those experiences because they are what keep me humble. And they are what keep me aware that Jesus did not die for me alone, and he did not die only for others who are like me. I expect that all of us have experienced being the other at one point in our lives or another and I hope that all of us in those moments have seen a Philip running to catch up to us to answer our questions and to offer us grace and love and healing water. And I pray that we as a church will be filled with Philips who love others, all others especially the excluded, the forgotten, and the outsider. Regardless of our past history, regardless of external differences, I pray this will be so. It is in being this type of witness that we are the most faithful witness to a God who ran to catch us, only stopping when he had us in his arms recognizing us as beloved children of his. May we be a church full of people who seek to welcome others, recognizing that but for the grace of our creator God, we too would be on the outside looking in, and recognizing that it is our calling to be a welcoming witness to our Savior, Jesus Christ, And we are equipped mightily with the Holy Spirit to do so. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the diversity of voices that we have been able to hear those who proclaim your word through word or deed. And we are thankful for the diversity of listeners. The diversity of people that we encounter week in and week out. Whether people look the same as us or not, we are all so unique and different. But your word is universal. So Lord, help us to quit dividing ourselves into this and that, us and them, and be your people. Unified in love and grace. Witnesses to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.